630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Darnell Nurse! He's looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, pleasure to have you along for the ride tonight. Going to be a fun show later on this hour. We'll be joined in studio by former Edmonton Oil Kings captain, former WHL champion, now a defenseman with the Florida Panthers. What an interesting last couple of years they had. Mark Pesic is going to check into studio. We'll be good to have Mark back on Inside Sports. The Eskimos are on a bye week. They don't play again until next Thursday when they visit the Montreal Alouettes, but the Eskimos are very much in the news. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630 Chet. I'm always happy to hear from you. You can reach out by calling 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. So a story we have been uh, following for the last 24 hours or so, and that is that former NFL star receiver Terrell Owens has uh, given the Eskimos notice. He's activated the 10-day window for uh, them to offer him a contract, potentially sign him. Of course, last month, the Eskimos put Owens on their negotiation list after he uh, pulled off a blazing fast time, especially for a 44-year-old in a 40-yard dash. So what is going on with this? Why is it happening? What could happen next? Well, to fill us in, we have the man who is representing Owens in terms of his Canadian football interests, Edmonton-based agent Jason Starozik. Jason, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Uh, of, of course, you're the, uh, the agent handling Terrell Owens' affairs as it pertains to the, to the Canadian Football League. Just for a little bit of background here, can you just maybe tell us a little bit about your, uh, your relationship and your representation of, uh, of T.O.? Yeah, so uh, Tio is actually a, a friend with my sister. She lives down in L.A. Um, when she first met him, uh, she had sent me a text message uh, asking if I knew who this person was, and I kind of laughed, and I said, yeah, of course I do. Um, so she's known him for a few years now, um, and then when I saw uh, that he was neglisted, I contacted the CFLPA to see if uh, that was true and they could confirm it, and once they did... Um, I asked if I could be put in uh, in contact with T.O. and um, got his information. I gave him a call, left a few text messages. Um, he's a busy guy, so it took him a couple days to get back to me. But our, our first initial phone call, uh, we covered a lot of ground. Um, I got to know uh, a little bit more about himself, um, things that you don't necessarily <clears throat> see uh, on the field from him, um, and get a gets to know a little bit about his character so um that was a uh, good first initial phone call uh and then we had a few follow-up phone calls and texts and um i guess we're here today 
All right. So, the the, the ten, in terms of the ten day window here, um, can you tell us why you or TO or, or together, I suppose, made the decision to activate this? Why? Why now? Why this week for the timing? So, with negless players, um, teams can retain the rights to a player for however long they want. There's no set time that you have. Uh, the rights to the player unless you activate the clock so with us doing this um it kind of gives them uh it gives them a year from the day i activated the clock uh to hold on to his rights and gives them 10 days to offer us a contract or his rights get released so if they don't want him uh playing on the team they they won't send a contract offer but if they do um we'll we'll get that offer uh within the week and we'll start negotiating from there so it's always in, in a player's best interest if you are on the neg list to start the clock. And that's one of the reasons why these lists are, are kept hidden because um, they're advantages to the team. And uh, if every player on a neg list was starting the clock, you'd have neg lists, um, you know, th- they wouldn't last too long. Let's just put it that way. Okay, Jason Starozik joining us on Inside Sports. He's representing Terrell Owens when it comes to uh, a potential future here with the Canadian Football League. So, I mean, is it is it To's intention to play like this season for the Edmonton Eskimos? Would that be his his ultimate hope right now? Yeah, he wants to get back to playing pro football as soon as possible. Uh, he really wants to play NFL. He still thinks he can do it. Um, but we talked, and if he can't play NFL, he wants to come here and play. Okay. Uh, can you provide any update on negotiations with, with the Edmonton Eskimos? I haven't received a contract offer yet. Um, the Es are just going into their bye week, so uh, I think they had, a, they had a few injuries that they might have to assess. Uh, look at filling some spots that are, are uh, more of a necessity right now. Um, you know, our, our receiving core is probably the best in the league. So um, I'd expect to get a contract offer within uh, the next few days from Brock. Uh, he's usually pretty good at sending them over. So um, I hope to hear something by uh, Friday or Saturday at the latest. Okay. Um, so, But I guess the question I have to ask, Jason, is... I mean, Terrell Owens was a star in the NFL. He's obviously a little older uh, than, than a lot of guys playing pro football. So he'd be like he'd be willing to make you know X amount of dollars, not not the millions he was making in the NFL, and perhaps willing to be lower down on on the depth chart. He seems all on board with that right now. We've discussed the the money situation, uh, the depth chart. That's something that's completely out of my hands and uh something that he'd have to uh you know get to get to a team and then uh perform well enough to either be a starter or take over the starting role um but uh i know in his mind he believes he's still a starter and um the receiver he was and 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 still is so um the financial thing that's the only thing i can control uh somewhat um and then uh, he, he, he knows um, what, what to expect, um, and uh, he seems, seems okay with it. Uh, once, once we see the numbers, we'll go over that, but uh, I just gave him a general kind of what to expect, and uh, 
if uh, if he didn't like it, he wouldn't have given me the go-ahead to start doing this. Okay, fair enough. And, and, and just to clarify, if this 10-day window expires with nothing from the Eskimos, then you and he are free to look around to the other teams in the CFL or see if another team might place him on, on their list? Would, I know maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's that's a what if if there's nothing from the Eskimos uh, in the next week? Yeah, you're correct there. Um, but one of the things um, you know that came to my head is that Edmonton put him on the necklace after they saw the video of him running uh, a 4-4-3. Um, there could have been other teams that tried to neglist him too. Edmonton just may have beat them to the punch and got on the fax machine faster than uh, some of the other teams. So uh, there could be interest from one, two, three, four, however many teams in the CFL uh, to have him. Um, and you look at a guy like Tio, he's going to put some fans in the seats. So um, he might be better off um, on a different team other than the Eskimos and uh, teams might uh, might see it the way I do and, and, and want to make an offer or a trade to the Eskimos. Okay. Jason, th- thanks for the update. Uh, obviously an interesting situation. Appreciate uh, you, you talking about it and letting Eskimos fans uh, w- know what's going on and I guess what could go on uh, because I think there are still some question marks hanging in the air about this, but we do appreciate the update. Jason, thanks for coming on the show and all the best. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem. That is Jason Starozik checking in tonight. He's with New World Agency. He is uh, an Edmontonian, and he represents, uh, the way he explained it, he represents Terrell Owens' interests as it pertains to the Canadian Football League. Owens obviously is does have his other uh, representation, uh, more so when it comes to his NFL aspirations, which, as Jason said, Owens does have, but he says if those don't pan out, and, and I can't see how they would, uh, he hasn't played in the league since 2010, that he would be willing to play in the CFL. This is this is a very interesting situation. I, I find it somewhat odd. Uh, look, the, the Edmonton Eskimos have not commented on this. They they have continued to not comment on it. The, the CFL, the teams in general, do not comment on players on, negoci- on their negotiation lists. So they, they haven't told us why they put them on the list to begin with. Th- that's the original question. I suppose there are a few options there. Maybe Brock Sunderland saw the video and thought, well, heck, that's pretty impressive. What if I just throw this guy on, on the list as a what if and uh, we need receiver depth or or he, he keeps being impressive? Who knows? Maybe. Uh, the other thing is maybe Brock Sunderland saw, thought some other CFL team was going to put Owens on its list and uh, this was a way maybe to just beat everybody else to the punch and block other teams from getting him, even if you have no intention of signing him yourself. So now why has Owens activated this window, which he did on July 14th? So the Eskimos have until the 24th to, to do something here. And as Jason said clearly in that interview, the Eskimos have not made a contract offer. Jason said he expects one. Um, but he's the agent for the player. So I, I think he's going to sell it that way. I, I, I necessarily, um, I can certainly not say definitively that I think the Eskimos are going to make a contract offer. We'll see. Uh, so why have they activated the window? Well, I think there are a few things. Maybe Owens thinks if the Eskimos don't 
do something. Maybe I can get on with another CFL team. Maybe I can get my rights traded to another CFL team and I'll get a chance to play because I really want to play football really bad. The other thing is, and I'll be a little cynical here, but I think you have to throw this out there as a possibility because we saw him do this in the NFL. Owens uh, is an outgoing guy. He doesn't mind attention right now where he's getting attention. We talked about a guy who was one of the best receivers in the NFL almost two decades ago. But, well, no, like Kellen's laughing. I'm, I'm just being, I'm not trying to put the guy down. That's the, I think that's a realistic assessment of his talent. It's almost a real situation, tw- yeah. Almost 20 years ago, he was one of the best receivers in the NFL. He hasn't played in that league since 2010. So, you know, now his name's in the headlines again, and we're doing segments about him here on Inside Sports because the Eskimos put him on the list. Uh, it, it's a curious situation. I'm going to say this right now, and you guys know if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Fine, I'll admit it. I do not expect Owens to ever play a snap for the Edmonton Eskimos. I, I just don't. Uh, I just think there are some uh, pretty harsh realities here about why that would be the case. I'll get into those when we get back. The phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630, Inside Sports on 630-CHAT. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630-CHET. Roddy takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown, Eskimos. Duke Williams just inside the end zone with the touchdown. Well, let's talk for a moment about receivers who actually play for the Edmonton Eskimos. Duke Williams, a CFL player of the week for what he did against Toronto on Friday. Nine catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. His fourth consecutive 100-plus yard game of the season. Leads the entire league in yards and receptions. 31 catches, 556 yards and uh, Williams is uh, as I mentioned the leading receiver in the CFL the Eskimos have three of the top four leading receivers in the CFL Williams 556 yards Walker 386 is second Stafford 320 yards is fourth which uh, begs the question why would the Eskimos even need Terrell Owens anyway even if he is willing to play in uh, in the Canadian Football League. You can text 630-630. This texter says, T.O. to the Eskimos. Well, if he can help the team, yes, but no if it's just a publicity stunt to sell tickets. If I want a circus-like atmosphere, I will go to the circus. That is a text 630-630. Uh, this texture says, how much do you think Brock Sunderland is regretting putting T.O. on the negotiation list? I bet it was done as a lark, and now the Eskimos are regretting it. That's another text to 630-630. Um, I don't know why Brock Sunderland did it. As I mentioned, the Eskimos haven't commented on it. I, I would love it if they did or gave us something. We don't get anything on it. Uh, I know I got a message today from someone pretty closely connected to the team saying, I think this is a ploy by the Owens camp to get the Eskimos to drop him from their negotiation list or trade his rights. Why the heck the Eskimos put him on their list to begin with is strange. You know what? Maybe it was done to block block from another team from doing it. Now, Now, just to clarify what can happen here is the Eskimos can make him a contract offer. They can make him a contract offer that they know darn well he's not going to sign. They could offer him the league minimum of $54,000. 
And Owens could say, well, I know I can't make a lot here, but I, I'm not playing for that. But then just because they make him the offer, they keep his rights on the negotiation list for another year. If the Eskimos simply don't make him an offer when the 10-day window expires, uh, then, then other teams can, can add him to the negotiation list and, and try to sign him. It's, it's different rules for American players coming to the CFL. Uh, obviously, when there is the CFL draft, that is for Canadians. So it's, I, I mean, look, for all we, some CFL team probably has Tom Brady on its negotiation list, just in case. Right? Or or whoever. Pick a star. From a pure roster standpoint, from a pure roster standpoint, what do the Eskimos need with a, a 44-year-old player who hasn't played pro football? I, you know, I've been saying 2010. He hasn't played in the NFL since 2010. He uh, played some arena ball in 2012. So, okay, still six years or eight. Pick your poison. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. So where does he fit in behind three of the top four receivers in the league, behind a pretty good Bryant Mitchell, behind uh, an injured Vidal Hazelton who's expected to come back in a couple of weeks? Uh, if you throw him in there, I mean, you're not taking Stafford, Walker, or Duke out. I would certainly hope not. So what are you going to do? Pull a Canadian out, Ajay or Bahar? Okay, you could. You got Then you got to put a Canadian in another position. Okay, maybe Colhoun's ready to come back in on defense. Are, are, you, are you doing all that shuffling simply to get Terrell Owens in your lineup and be at best, at best, the fourth receiving option? It, it, it's, it's just impractical to me. It's just, it's just imp, impractical to me uh, that the Eskimos would... would 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 put him on the team, it, like it, it really is. This texture says even if the Eskimos signed him just so that people will talk about them, no publicity is bad publicity. Well, fair enough, and I, I mean I get it. We're talking about them in in the middle of a of a bye week of a, of a slow week in the summer. Uh, fair enough, but I don't know if if signing this guy is going to win over any new Eskimo fans. If anything, it might make existing Eskimo fans be like, what the heck are we doing? All right, you can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Yeah, in the next half hour, Mark Pesek's going to drop by, former Edmonton Oil King, now a defenseman for the Florida Panthers. We're also going to be joined by Jordan Baker. This will be fun. He brought uh, NBA star Kelly Olenek to his camp a week and a half ago. Jordan, one of the best athletes of all time at the University of Alberta, now an assistant coach with the basketball team. Baseball All-Star Game underway. Top of the first, no score. Inside Sports on Chet coming back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Eskimos 50-50 jackpot from last Friday's game not claimed by today's deadline of four this afternoon. So the Eskimos have uh, applied to the AGLC to carry over the almost $72,000 in prize money to a future game. So there's going to be an augmented 50-50 for the Eskimos at some point this season. The Edmonton Oilers have signed their first round pick from June. 
Tenth overall, Evan Bouchard to his three-year entry-level contract. Led the London Knights in scoring last season, 87 points. He was plus 23. Six foot two, about 195 pounds, and uh, the Oilers are hoping he can turn into a puck-moving, shooting, power-play quarterback type of defenseman. Certainly has that potential. Some sad news from the Oilers organization today. Director of European Scouting, Vaclav Berda, dying suddenly today at the uh, age of 45. Joined the Oilers in 16-17 after 13 seasons with the Ottawa Senators from Prague in the Czech Republic, played pro for 12 years, mostly with the Sparta Praha in the Czech Elite League. The Edmonton Prospects getting ready to go at REMAX Field. They will take on the Regina Red Sox at 7. The Prospects have won four in a row. They've pushed up the third in their six-team division. The top four make the playoffs. Don't forget the Prospects have actually made the league final two years in a row, coming out of fourth place. Friday, they're having a nostalgia night. Ron Kittle will be on hand, and uh, we should get Ron on the show tomorrow. One of the greats in Edmonton baseball history. He was the PCL Player of the Year for the Trappers, AAA, in uh, 1982, and then he went up to the Chicago White Sox and was American League Rookie of the Year in 1983. Very accomplished player, a lot of power, struck out quite a bit too, but uh, had 50 home runs for the Trappers back in uh, 1982. Uh, this texture says uh, T.O. would be the Eskimos' number one receiving option without a doubt, head and shoulders better than the whole CFL, even at 44 and eight years out of the game. Disagree. 780-496-0063. Matt from Section O making his, well, bi-weekly appearance on the show. Hi, Matt. Well, I think we've figured out why you don't do drugs and text into the inside sports, if that's the type of text oh. you're getting about Torello. And oh, Matt. All right. Come on. I mean, the guy hasn't played professional football since 2010, and all of a sudden now people think that he's going to come in here and light this league up. Like He played Arena League in 2012, just point of order. But, yes, it's been a long time. I think he also got cut from his own team that he owned, too, didn't he? <laughs> All right. What's but, on, what, what's on your mind? Well, I mean, it's this whole Terrell. I mean, what's a bye week without some, some, some water cooler news about this? Hey, so it's like I'm wondering what they're doing by even putting Terrell Owens on the negotiation list. Well, that's that's the the question for me. Uh, by the way, I did I did get a comment from the Eskimos. Um. We don't comment on negotiation list players, was their comment, which has been their comment all along. If it's, if it's to put them on there to generate buzz or to generate conversation, that's wrong. If you're going to put them on there with the serious intent of playing him, a guy that's 44 years old, hasn't played since 2010 for the sole purpose of maybe he can sell a couple extra tickets, that's wrong. Now, here's the thing. There's two reasons why I think this 10-day window clause got engaged by Terrell Owens. One, CFL negotiation lists are always ticky-tacky to begin with anyway. I'd really like to know how many people know they're actually on a CFL negotiation list if you play in the NFLs. Like Peyton Manning, I think, was with Calgary. Oh, yeah, like I said, Tom Brady's probably on someone's list. So, I mean, Terrell Owens has always kind of been the egotistical charismaniac that he is, so I can see him going, okay, I'm on this list, pay me. And now basically put the ball in the Eskimos' court. Now it puts us between a rock and a hard place. If you outright release him, then he's got no business being on that list. 
if you have the intent to sign him, and it's almost like, what are you doing? So, like, you don't win in this situation. But you know what? Who knows? Maybe he does come up here. But the first hit he takes across the field, I don't think he's playing game number two. I really don't. But, I mean, that's just me, and I just had to get that off my mind today, that this whole thing I think is just a farce. The Terrell Owens negotiations list is a farce, and it needs to stop. And it's taking a spot away from somebody who truly would benefit from being on it, a college, collegiate developmental player that we could use down the line. All right. Matt, I always appreciate it. I hope you can keep calling in throughout the season, buddy, and hope you had a great day. Oh, and that Prospects game on Friday? It's my birthday game. I'll be there, buddy. Oh, well, no, now, now we finally have an event for the get tied into the game. Forget about Ron Kittle being there, Matt. <laughs> it's it's Section O and his buddies bringing the full circus to the Prospects game. What's What right. could go wrong? You know, I, I, I pretty much live to give you a hard time. I've finally found a purpose. Hey. I can dish it. I got to be able to take it, right? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Thanks, Matt. Have a good night, Dave. All right, that is uh, Matt from Section. Did you just call me Dave? Well, he used to call me Dave after games. <laughs> oh, Dave's a nice guy. If I was going to be mistaken for somebody, why not Dave Campbell? All right. Uh, well, we've talked about that a lot. We'll 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 see what happens. Uh, Matt's certainly opinionated on it. Uh, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it as we go along. Mark Pesic is coming up uh, in studio. Should be here in a few minutes. Defenseman for the uh, Florida Panthers. They went through quite a bit over the last couple of seasons. Uh, Steve Hamilton, who was let go by the Edmonton Oil Kings as their head coach uh, a few weeks ago, has been hired by the Calgary Hitmen as their head coach in the Western Hockey League. So uh, good for him. I've known Steve in a lot of time. He was a great coach in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, was Derek Laxdahl's associate coach through some incredibly successful seasons for the Oil Kings. I mean, you know, obviously the three league finals. They won the league twice. They won the Memorial Cup. And uh, he's a good coach, good guy. So uh, I, do I have to wish him all the best with the, with the Calgary team? I guess for tonight I will. On a personal level, I, I, I hope he does as, as well as he can except against the Oil Kings. I guess that's what I'll have to say there. Um, uh, yeah, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. You can book the Rumpus Room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style chicken picnic at northchickenyeg.com. Com. Kelly Bookberger, the uh, former Oilers assistant coach, he's uh, now the head coach of the Tri-City Americans in the Western Hockey League. He was on Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich filling in for Bob Stoffer. You can get that interview uh, by signing up for the podcast on iTunes or by going to the show page on 630ched.com. I believe uh, Brendan's going to have Patrick Maroon on the show tomorrow, so that'll be pretty cool. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. It is 641 Inside Sports on 630ched. <laughs> This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Of course, the Eskimos on a bye. Next game Thursday at Montreal. We'll have it for you on 630 Chad, 4 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. The game will start at 5.30. The American League has gone one up. On the NL, 1-0, Aaron Judge, a solo home run in the uh, top of the second inning as uh, the Major League Baseball All-Star game is underway. The Major League Baseball All-Star game... See, I think the NHL's done it right now. They went to the three-on-three. The Major League Baseball All-Star game has... I mean, baseball is one of those. Like, like in hockey, you can go out there and okay, you're not you're not going to defend. You know, basketball, all star game, you're you're not going to defend. 
the Pro Bowl in the NFL, they uh, they changed some of the rules, you know, blitzing and so hitting the quarterbacks and some stuff like that. So modified. Baseball is the one where people have always said, well, you can't you 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 can't go half, right? You can't go halfway in baseball. If you're a if you throw a 95 mile an hour fastball, you're going to throw that in the All Star game. So I don't know. A lot of people have always said so. You get you get the better true competition and you get some more interesting matchups plus don't forget winner gets home field advantage during the i think the they World stopped Series, doing right? that didn't they? or is that not a thing anymore i thought they stopped doing that that okay. shows you how interested i am in the, yeah, no in the uh, all-star game i thought it was still a thing that that's that's one of the worst innovations in sports history it's, i think it certainly it, was different giving an exhibition game uh no it doesn't anymore Okay. Uh, home field advantage has been tied to regular season records starting last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Thank God they don't do that. I hated that. Like a meaningless midseason game made up of mostly players who won't be in the World Series hmm. determining the World Series. The baseball finally catching up and using uh, regular season win-loss records to, uh, to determine it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Major League Baseball All-Star game, now, there's a lot of guys on the roster. They try to get everybody into the game. They usually succeed. Uh, I think that they should have ties in the All-Star game. I mean, they had that one that was declared a tie after 11 innings because they were getting worried about using pitchers and running out of players. I think they should just say it's a 9 inning or maybe cap it at 10 innings so you're not playing all night. Uh, it's 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 fun. I mean, it's whatever. It's the middle of July. It's it's something to watch. Have them change the the uh, rules for a couple of innings. Make them play softball. Make them pitch uh, underhanded and that stuff. Well, I don't know if they'd ever go that far. <laughs> Give a little <laughs> twist to it. That would be interesting. Uh, I mean, if they went to extra innings, they could start. I suppose if they went to extra innings and wanted to break the tie, they could start with a runner on second base, like they do. Uh, what did they do that in softball? Yes. In extra innings, even in the Olympics. Anyway, uh, we're keeping an eye on that tonight. Uh, Mark Pesek's going to join us in a few minutes, defenseman for the Florida Panthers. He's uh, been through a couple of interesting seasons with the Panthers that we want to talk to him about. They had that coaching change his first year with the Panthers. Remember, he played for Buffalo before that. They had that coaching change with the Panthers his first year where Gerard Gallant was the coach of the team. They fired him, and Tom Rowe took over. This was the infamous picture of Gallant with his stuff waiting for the cab by the side of the road. And uh, then they, they don't bring Rowe back as the coach, and uh, Bob Bugner takes over as the head coach. And the Panthers this year, for about the first half of the season, were not very good. At the All-Star break, they, you know, they were in Oiler territory, a little bit better. They were 19-22-6, not doing well. They went 24-8-2 after the All-Star break, wound up with 96 points. Most points uh, tied the record for the most points ever by a non-playoff team and missed the playoffs by one point. So they go through that big push, and uh, they're, they're coming on. You know, they got some good young players there. Luongo's in, Luongo had a pretty good year net, and they miss out on the playoffs by one point after winning 24 of their final 34 games. So Mark will be able to give us some insight into that. We'll get some Edmonton Oil Kings memories. Mark, you know that, that Oil Kings team that, that joined the WHL, kind of, you know, obviously came up from an expansion team. He was sort of one of the first really good players on the Oil Kings, on this edition of the Oil Kings. Uh, played 14 games for them in 07, 08. 08, 09, he's a regular. He becomes the captain. Uh, they won a league title with him on the team 
and uh, went to the Memorial Cup. Then they go, then he's gone. And then he was sort of just, I mean, he was with those guys, but then, you know, Lazar, Reinhardt, Samuelson, they were really the core of the team that went back to the league final and then won the Memorial Cup after Mark was gone. But he was uh, certainly one of the first guys that people really started to talk about as as a really good player. I think he's at the front door right now. Are you going to run down and get him killed? (laughs) All right, good. We'll bring him right into studio when he gets on. Uh, 780-496-0063 is uh, how you can get us on the open line. You can also text 630-630. The Oilers signing Evan Bouchard today to his entry-level contract. Uh, I know uh, Brendan Ulrich was on Oilers Now today talking about what are the Oilers going to do with their top two lines. I think that at least to start, you're going to have Ty Ratty with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think just because of his contract and you got to show some faith in him as a veteran, you'll have Milan Lucic on the left side of Leon Draisaitl on the second line. I wonder if to start, at least to start at training camp, you got Tobias Reeder on the right side of that line. Uh, because he's on the one-year contract. He said he was willing to take it to try to prove himself. The Oilers need somebody to step up there. He will bring some speed to that line. I think they're hoping there's a little bit of a connection with Dreisaitl from the limited times they played together internationally. And, I mean, you also have Jesse Pugliarvi. You also have Kyler Yamamoto, who I think might be the second favorite to be in that spot. Uh, Zach Cassian, I think, will be on the third or fourth line. And then Pontus Aberg, I'm not really sure if he fits in at this point. Uh, I mean, they'll have him around. He'll have a chance to compete. Didn't go great for him uh, as an Edmonton Oilers. Well, here he is. Mark, we're live. Step right in, buddy. Mark Pesic from the Florida Panthers. You can grab this mic here. I'll turn it on for you. You're fresh. Uh, you don't have to put those on as long nope. as you can hear me. You're fr- are you fresh from the rink? Yeah. I was where just, where uh, were you skating? At uh, Collingwood Arena. Collingwood Arena. Yeah. Are you a West End kid? No. Well, because you're, uh, st- you're Sherwood Park. Yeah. You're Sherwood Park. Park, right. Uh, all right. Well, how's, how's the summer going? How's life? It's been good. Really good. Uh, pretty busy. We just got back from uh, teammates' wedding and, uh, you know, Every every time we come back from the summer, there's stuff to do around the house and get the grass put in and stuff like that. But it's been good, relaxing, and uh, it's been pretty nice weather. Now you're 26 now. Yeah. I, I, I this honestly might be the first time we've met in person. Maybe so. post game interviews. We've been talking. Be, yeah. We've been doing phone interviews yeah. for six or seven years. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, this is nice to actually see you. Thanks for being willing to come in. Uh, so you, now, are you when you come home for the summer? Uh, even as an adult, do you go stay with mom and dad, or do you have a place here now? I got a place here now. <laughs> you decided. No, I don't know if my wife would be uh, <laughs> be too happy. Oh, okay, with right. My fair enough. Yeah. So How long you been married now? Uh, it's one year on July seventh. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You made it through the first year. Yeah, first year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, your wife must be a very uh, patient woman because the a hockey player's schedule is not always conducive to together time yeah. <laughs> in the winter months. No, absolutely. She does a great job of, uh, you know, keeping things running smoothly uh, when we're in Florida and also here. So uh, she's, yeah, quite patient with, with the work and everything like that. Well, you, you played in Buffalo, obviously. I mean, you were lucky enough to play for the Oil Kings in the dub, so you didn't have to go away from home. Uh, you've played in Buffalo. Now you're playing in uh, Sunrise, just basically northwest of Miami. Does, when you come back in the summer, does it still feel like home, or does it feel a little less like home the, the older you get and the more you're away? Uh, yeah, I think that's how it is. It's a little less and less each summer we come back, um, you know, because your friends that you grew up with, people are moving away too, so there's less and less uh, friends and family that are around here. But uh, I think it'll be home for, you know, as long as I, as long as I live because a lot of family, aunties, uncles, it'll right. always be... 
stationed <laughs> around here, but um, the last two years in Florida have been uh, really pushing for a spot to to be home for, you know, we're pretty comfortable there and uh, we enjoy the weather, we enjoy the, the players on the team and uh, it's been a lot of fun there. Like, what what's it like going to hockey practice and it's whatever, plus 25, 30? You yeah, know, it's, it's maybe it's not that hot in January, but it's hot. It's awesome. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> oh maybe twenty five if it's a cold day. But uh, we had the uh, the Flames were in town, and one of the media guys was in there, and he goes, "Oh, I can't believe how how nice is it? You know, like today you drive in shorts, and uh, yeah, it was nice, but I I kind of hate to tell you, but today was probably the coldest day we've had in about three weeks." <laughs> and he just laughed, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. Like just shorts, t shirts. You know, flip-flops every day. If you wanted to golf on an off day, you easily could. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different going from a place like Buffalo and Edmonton, obviously, here. Yeah. But um, it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> were you surprised when you were traded? Was that a stunner to you or something you had to wrap your head around a bit? Um, we kind of figured uh, that somebody in Buffalo was going to get moved around or mm. it was going to get shaken up a little bit. Um, but until it actually happened, I wasn't really... Uh, expecting it and uh, it came as a little bit of a shock but uh, looking back now I think it was probably one of the better things that has happened to me for my career so it was good. You got two years left on your deal? Yeah. Yeah so I had Pareko in a couple weeks ago and he's got like four or five years left <laughs> yeah. on his deal and people were texting like ask Pareko if he's going to join the Oilers so same <laughs> yeah. message for Mark Pesic he can't join the Oilers yeah. he's uh, under contract to another team so we can't try to persuade him uh, in, in doing that. There, I, I don't want to start too much of the Panthers stuff right now because okay. we're coming up to the news and this team went through a lot the last couple of years. So, so I do want to get to some of that. I, I do want to get your reaction to your former associate coach, yeah. uh, Steve Hamilton. Uh, you know, a long run with the Oil Kings. Uh, unfortunately, it came to the end a few weeks ago. He, he goes to the Calgary Hitman. Uh, tell us about a little bit playing for the uh, kind of that Laxdahl uh, Hamilton duo as you guys were coming up. But you, you would have had a coach before. Yeah, Lax, we had right? Steve Plow and Steve, uh, right. Rocky Thompson were the, the ones. I think it was my first year, uh, my first two years. And then. Uh, Laxtall and Hamilton came in and um, you know working with them was when we had the most uh, success and obviously when we went to the Memorial Cup that that first year that of the three um, you know they did a good job and I worked uh, pretty closely with Hammy uh, he was a D coach and uh, you know good guy in the dressing room to have and uh, it's no surprise that you got another head coaching job and uh, I think it'll be weird seeing him in Calgary coming in and <laughs> Uh, that's a little bit different, but uh, he'll do a good job there. And um, and Laxall's done a good job, and he was. They went to the final this year. Yeah, Texas, Texas Stars. Right? They lost yeah. to the Marlies. Yeah. So you know, both of them have done well uh, since. So you expect really nothing less. What was it like to see the Oil Kings? Uh, and I think it was you. I'm looking at your stats here. No, I think you were in Buffalo most of the year. Uh, when they won the Memorial Cup. I mean, to see some of those. And I, I said, you know, you played with a lot of guys who were the core of the Memorial Cup team. Lazar, Reinhardt, mm-hmm. Samuelson, you know, LB, and then and then Jari and Nett. I mean, what was it like to, to, to see them win it? It was awesome. You know, when we went, it was, uh, by the time we got there and started playing, it was it was tough when we didn't really have our best game when we were there. So it was t- And you really never know when you're going to be back there. So, uh, I was fortunate enough to, you know, move on my hockey career and continue to play. But uh, looking back at the guys that, you know, were around the first time and working hard, and to see them get back there, first of all, uh, after they lost to Portland the year in between, yep. I think, and yep. uh, once they got back there, seeing them get to the final and then win, and uh, you know, it was awesome for everybody. Like you said, they all deserved it. They all worked hard, uh, all the way from the coaches to the trainers to everybody. It was cool to see. 
Mark Pesic, defenseman from the Florida Panthers, is in studio. We're coming back with him after the news. Inside Sports on Chet. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.